six-pack double feature presents Pick 6, where the guys round out a top five list with one extra. Horror, sci-fi, crappy sequels, all the titles you know and love, plus beer. Tell us your picks, guys. Because I know that's also something. I fucking hate that song. Why? Because they play it everywhere. Uh, she worked, Jamie worked at um, uh, a couple bars in Knoxville. And I think somebody she worked with always play Wicked Game. Right. And that's why she hates it. Um, it got overplayed. Yeah. I don't know. At the this, I fucking love this song. Yeah, it's. I think I like the song anyway. And um, it was like peak... <laughs> it was peak material. Yes. <laughs> He's Elvis as fuck, huh? Yeah. Well... Oh, there's butt crack. Nice. Yeah. Like I said, it was... None of this I is... I you haven't given uh, me that phone back yet. <laughs> <laughs> None of that is what you would show a child. <laughs> uh, nah, not really. There's nothing wrong with it. But you definitely wouldn't watch that. <laughs> you wouldn't watch that with your niece and or nephew? Hey, Uncle Trav, what are you watching? Nothing, nothing. Um, what's Aunt Jamie doing? <laughs> what are you popping over there? Huh? I can of... Coke, road sodas, o- oat, oat <laughs> sodas, sodas, Gary. Yep. Welcome to a gang pick six. I'm not Nathan. I am still not Travis. And um, this week we're talking about movies. You ever babysat Nathan? Yes. Like as an adult, adult, adult? No. We talked. We talked about it last week. Neither of us have kids, so like I'm not weird around kids, but like our house isn't kid friendly. But you saw the. Titty calendar on our refrigerator. I see some seventy titties right over there. It's, ra- it's rad. And just so you know, gang, Jamie buys tasteful. that. Jamie buys it, not me. So it's tasteful titties. Yeah, that's the name of her next calendar. Should be called tasteful titties. It's pictures of the Great Gatsby covering <laughs> nipples. Um. So not having kids, we don't have a lot of kid friendly stuff. So we thought, what would be a good list of movies? Like if you got stuck with somebody's kids, like Uncle Buck style. And you didn't make them pancakes with the snow shovel. How could you entertain them for a couple hours or or whatever? This was a difficult... Initially, this was kind of a difficult one for me to... Because I was really trying to pick movies that aren't like family movies or let's... No, I didn't pick... About I didn't Disney pick, Channel. I, I don't mean, like I, really, I don't like those. I think, those, I think family movies paint an unrealistic picture of Or even stuff. just... Sometimes they just call them family movies, not because they have an unrealistic picture of a family, but it... You know, our scenario, but sometimes it's just geared towards children. Sure. And you know there's not going to be anything. Yeah. But I, I, I come back to, man, like, it's an old George Carlin thing. I I would much rather see my children see a depiction of two people making love than some person being murdered. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. or beaten up. Uh, but what what happens a lot is people don't want to explain sex or sexuality. To I their think kids. more of the uncomfortableness. Well, I, I'm not I'm not a parent, so I can't Same. really say this. But it's probably a good I reason th- for it. Yeah. Wait. What are you trying to say? This list will probably tell you that. Get on with it. Yes. Get on with it. Get on with it. My number six is batteries not included. Okay, that's that is, a great movie. I pulled. Yeah, I pulled. Um, I try to pull as many PG movies. I try to actually pull movies that I remember watching as a kid that were not necessarily specifically geared towards children. Sure. But weren't risque. I mean, I haven't seen that movie since 1986. I watched so. it yesterday. Oh, wow. Okay. It's not bad. It still holds up pretty well. The visuals are actually still pretty pretty decent. Who directed that? Don't know off the top of my head. Okay. I know. I do know that it was a executive produced by... Stevie? Yep. Steven Spielberg. Uh, It's a group of tenants in an old apartment building in New York City that are being forced out to move out of a building so they can demolish this last final building to, you know, new big high rise. Put in tall skinnies. Right. And so the tenants tenants are reluctant to move, so the developers hire a local gang to persuade them to leave. But when... uh, Hey, old lady, there's a lot of nice stuff in here. Yeah. Be a shame if something happened to it. it. So... But when visiting uh, alien mechanical life forms arrive, they're befriended by the tenants who help repair and restore the building and help fight off the developers initially. So um, the story is heartwarming and fun. It's lighthearted science fiction fantasy film where ordinary people are kind of thrown into an extraordinary situation. Sure. Um, Watching this in like Cocoon. 
is for Jessica, me is Jessica Tandy and batteries not included. Yeah, okay. Jessica Tandy and Hume Cronin, are and in they both? were yeah, and okay. they're in both. Um, and it's for me, it was kind of like watching my grandparents and spending a little more time with my grandparents again. Okay. Kind of how it feels for me. So, you know, I just grew up watching a lot of those, not a lot of those, but enough of those movies. I think T- Jessica Tandy got started to get. Um, Hotter as she got older. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but she was, um, but she kind of got popular again for a period of time because toward I the think, end of her life. Yeah, yeah, um, she did. She um, did. It was um, what really kind of threw him in the limelight was um, driving Miss Daisy. I think as well that did that. that well, this was eighty. This was eighty seven. Eighty seven. Okay, then Cocoon was eighty eight. Actually, Cocoon was eighty five. No shit. Yeah, was Cocoon returned? That was eighty eight. Probably. Okay, we don't talk about that one. I don't. Um, it's not as good as the first. Miss Daisy was 89? 89, 88 maybe. I don't okay. know. But they were. They, she kind of had a resurgence in her career. She did. And, Toward- she, and I think she was married to Hume Cronin for possibly decades. 70 fucking years, yeah. yeah. That's a good so, pick, dude. My number six I chose because I specifically chose it to occupy my niece and nephew about 10 years ago, and that's Batman 66. Oh, okay. Um, now, there's a lot of adult jokes in it for the time. A lot of, but they're not necessarily off color because it's number one. It's sixty six. Sure, it's just it's, things that are going to go and over the, their head. The writing was witty, yes. So you didn't notice they were having fun with it. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's very colorful and it moves fast and it's Batman. And when um, Jamie's sister and brother in law came to pick the kids back up at the end of the weekend, they were like, "Dad, Uncle Travis has like the real Batman." And I was like, "I don't know." I didn't tell him that, dude, but I'm, like, I'm, I'm, all... I'm so fucking proud right now. <laughs> if that's all they take away from this weekend is that now they know that Adam West is the real Batman. Yeah. <laughs> and I swear to you, dude, I didn't I didn't coach them on that's that. That's great. Because um, that's I, I came to that movie when – we've talked about it so much. I won't go crazy with it. But I came to that movie when I was like nine, and right. I took that shit serious as fuck. You know? It's just got a lot of fun to it. And it's, it never stops. It never slows down. And you don't have to. If you're, a I watched kid, a lot of the television show. I don't know if I've actually ever watched the. I've probably watched the, the movie the that movie. they released in the I've, '60s. I had several episodes of the show on tape uh, in the late '80s, early '90s. Um, but I've definitely seen the movie a ton more. Kids can they can come in and out. They can sit there and play with their action figures, and they're not going to get lost in the story because it's really just uh, connective tissue between fight scenes. You know, correct. And that's for kids anyway. And that's why I picked it because I've used it as uh, <laughs> I need to go smoke a cigarette. Watch, hey, Joker. So <laughs> back when I smoked, Batman sixty six. Yeah, that shows you how long ago it was. Granted, you did say ten years, but um, this April next month, as we record this, um, nine years. Yeah, <laughs> smoke free. <laughs> Batman sixty six, my number six. What's your number five? Number five, access code 29. Stay where you are. Number five. Number Number one, you're out of there. Number five, stay where you are. Tools, hammer, axe. Quarter inch double break. Perfecto! Escaped robot fights for his life. Film at 11. Target inside. Fire. Capture and hold. Elevation 16 neosicles. Visibility 5 feet. 2 feet. No feet. Hey, laser lips. Your mama was a snowblower. So, okay, do I come in with how horribly out of date it is with uh, Fisher Stevens? That was in, my first line. I said, other than, I said, other than Fisher Stevens dressed up uh, as an end with his face painted as an Indian, this movie still is corny yet charming as hell. Do I, do I come in with Fisher Stevens? Do I come <laughs> in with why is Stephen Hawking so mad? Do I come in with that <laughs> I often would pair batteries not included with short circuit? Yeah. Um, I haven't seen this since 1986. I probably haven't seen it since the 90s. I think also, I bought it on DVD for Lisa's mom because she loves, loves this movie. Do you remember the song Who's Johnny? Who is Johnny? I always yeah. thought that was about this movie. 
It was. He's, he's Johnny Five. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you it go. Was, it was written um, after the fact, I believe. But yes. Okay. It was not an originally. I was reading just a touch of trivia about this movie. It was not originally included. I think in in the soundtrack. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it's in closing credits or not, but it was eventually released in a second release. Did I believe Ali Sheedy come off of the Breakfast Club and go right to the? <laughs> yeah. No shit. Yeah. I think so. Jesus if not, Christ. I mean, well, this is 86, 85 is Breakfast Club. Yeah. So there's only a year jump <laughs> and she's already in her twenties. You know, she's in the clock's ticking yeah, sister. Yeah. I got to get him in while I can. I said, a military robot is struck by lightning and gains human like intelligence and becomes self-aware. Only in 86 does this premise work. But you got to remember. It's that like a Disney eight- version of fucking uh, uh, Skynet. They didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Disney Skynet. <laughs> Short circuit. Uh, <laughs> you've not seen the Terminator summer. until you've seen Walt Disney's Terminator. Sure. In the eighties, they were just kind of starting to figure out. Okay, how do we get people to want to see this? So, Short Circuit wasn't necessarily made for children. Oh, I fucking loved Strange, this movie yeah. when I was. A but kid. I cried. Every when kid I, like, loved Short Circuit. The second ooh. one is not as good as well. What's and, it called? Short Circuit Two. two. Electric Boogaloo? No. <laughs> no. It's it, just Short Circuit 2. Okay. I think it's just the number two. Was that 89 or 90? Don't know. It was a few years later. I don't, recall, I I don't recall ever all seeing I remember, it. All I specifically remember is with Short Circuit 2, when you get to the end and they have the cr- all the credits that are rolling and you see deleted scenes. You see scenes that happen in the movie that you don't actually see in the movie. Like there are cut scenes. Like Cannonball Run and shit? Yeah. <laughs> like there was stuff cut in going, I don't remember that happening in this movie. It actually features deleted scenes in the credit it might sequence. Be a, it might be a fun one to go back and re- revisit. Yeah. Short Circuit, dude. The yeah, eighties were like the Wild West, dude. The eighties had the the weirdest shit came out in the eighties, and this is like one of the quintessential eighties movies. Is this the one where he she, he goes into the Johnny Five goes into the bathroom and she's in the tub and he goes, "Nice hardware." I think so. Yes. Okay. Uh, attractive. Nice software. I'd love to say good pick, but I don't. I don't know. I'm on. I I, I might go rewatch that tonight. Uh, I'll let you know. <laughs> I doubt you will, because um, you're going to sit down and go. Fuck, I'm not going to fucking watch Short Circuit. I might, dude. I might. I haven't seen it in fucking thirty five years. Mm-hmm. Thirty. Jesus, I'm old. So what's your number five? My number five is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That's a good one. It's the same thing, dude, as Batman. It's adult enough that... It has the adult jokes that will usually go over the kids' heads, because they went over my head in 88 when it came out, or 89. Yeah. But there was some of it that I got, like when he says, you don't know how hard it is being a man looking at a woman that's drawn like you. And like you, As a kid, you get that. I'm not like, bad. Oh. I'm, not, I'm just drawn this way. Yeah. yeah. Like He wants to... like uh, Eddie Valiant's like, yeah. he sees how sexy she is. And as a kid, you get it, and you're like, okay. And however you register that when you're a kid. Like, and then I, hormones I, kick in, and you're like, oh. Or like, I yeah, I, I agree with Eddie Valiant, or I don't. But uh, um, <laughs> for kids, that just really doesn't... Sexuality doesn't... It goes... I remember seeing this as a kid. It goes yeah. over your head, yes. for the most part. Correct. Um, the funny part when you're a kid is the fact that he... At one point, he bumps his Bumps her boobs, yeah, yeah. It's funny. Um, <laughs> and it... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And it's cartoons interacting with people. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was so fucking rad that Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse teamed up in the same fucking scene. You know? Aren't they talking about... Um, Do kids even watch Bugs Bunny anymore? I don't think so. It, most of it's probably not culturally acceptable cancel culture kind of thing. And because it's, it's just so not, And so violent. That too. Well, the violence is okay, but let's take out the racism first. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I but, know, but but that's the thing. I watched thousands of fucking hours of cartoons, dude. Yeah. I never was, threw an anvil was, at anybody. Yeah, same yeah. here. I watched a lot of Tom and Jerry and Looney Tunes. I never, you know, tried to chop anybody's hands off or tail off with a fucking axe either. So, yeah, who could get an axe? I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this one you could almost do for like a, a bit of an older niece or nephew because yeah. there's a the fucking story here is really good. Yes. And I think it's accessible. I, I, it came out when I was like nine. It's cartoony enough that it's loud and engaging, but the 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 detective story is still there. Yeah, and it's not so. It's not fucking Chinatown, Jake. You know. No, but it's enough. It's a dense enough story yeah. that you got to unpack that mystery. That yeah. it's, it's it's better than you think. Yeah. Um, I always remember the joke that I never got when I was younger until I was older when they were talking about the the little holdout room. 
And then they were talking about something regarding how Roger misunderstood probate and prostate. <laughs> I never got that. Oh either. yeah, he had to drink, had to drink a lot of water. And drink really a big lot of water. Not, not prostate, prostate, you idiot. idiot. Probate. <laughs> <laughs> I never got that either. But I knew it was funny because adults around me were laughing. You know, so this made me. It made me want to know what that meant. What that meant? Uh, well, the, you'll uh, find out later. The when one. You're older. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the one that I remember was uh, Eddie Valiant. Did you change your name to Jack Daniels? Daniels? And my mom laughed, and I was like, "Why is that funny?" And she was like, "You'll get it later. Hopefully, you won't find out. Hopefully, that part of your grandfather won't trickle down." <laughs> Newsflash. <laughs> it did. <laughs> oh, yeah. Travis so, Yost. Did you change your name to Maker's, Maker's Mark? Mark. <laughs> Um, but, and there's like, you could almost argue like, don't show this to my kid because Judge Doom is scary as fuck when you're, yeah, you're older than me, but like, I, I, yeah, it was trippy, man. It was a little, you don't see that shit come when he kills that little shoe. Oh, yeah. but like to me, like, but these are, these are themes. Yeah. But don't, dude, don't I, I, hide I would, it. Don't like, if you're going to, if you're going to ship your kid off to uncle Yost's house for the weekend, I might show him fucking Roger Rabbit and he might be scared of fucking Christopher Lloyd and fucking. 55-gallon drums when he comes back. Right. And I'm going to explain to him why. Because I don't talk down to kids. And neither does Roger Rabbit. And that's why it's my number five. What's your number four? Let me, let me tell you a little story, Brewster. When I was seven years old, my daddy caught me smoking a cigar. Locked me in the broom closet for three days and three nights with nothing but a box of cigars and a book of matches. <laughs> No food, Brewster. No water, just those goddamn cigars. Wouldn't let me out until I finished every last one of them. Twice I knew that. He made me lose his I never had any friends. Well, Brewster, what do you think? You got the balls for it? I doubt it. That's why I put a special wimp clause in my will. You can have a million dollars right now and forget the whole thing. Or you can go for the big one, Brewster. The 300 million. But if you fail, you don't get deadly. Again, I've never seen Brewster's Millions, but yeah? I feel like I have now. <laughs> but it was kind of hard to find the right clip for it, but I'm like, this one will work because it kind of it, it it explains the scenario. He's just a down and out ball player for the Hackensack Bulls in New Jersey and he's one pitch away from losing his job and so um he finds out that he's the long lost not long lost heir but he's an heir to this fortune but tell, he won't to tell the family secret my grandmother was Dutch yeah. and uh what's interesting with this one it's just, it's a remake of a um early like 30s or 40s mm. picture um called I think called Brewster's Millions as well and so it's a it's a not obviously shot for shot remake, but it's just right. they want you to understand what it's like to have so much money that you don't know what to do with it, and you need to get rid of it as quickly as I possible. I could do that, dude. I could spend thirty million dollars. Well, month. and you have to now. You have to move forward forty almost forty years because this is eighty five, and so thirty million is not as difficult as it would be in nineteen eighty five. Pull it up right now. But it's really funny to. Um, What's fun with this one is while the language is a little little coarser, it's still PG. Um, and so I think the parents would probably freak out more than the kids because they've probably heard worse in school. Absolutely. is It's just a morality tale of the simplest origins wrapped up in a baseball movie where money can't buy you happiness. million dollars is six zeros? Yes. You can tell I don't have any millions. Or zero. <laughs> yeah. You'd, you'd – wow. Uh a million dollars in 1985 is equivalent to two million four hundred thirty-one thousand fifty-nine dollars and forty-eight cents today, for an inflation rate of one and a half percent, or one hundred and fifty percent rather. Yeah, I'd probably take the clause. I'd be like, mm, yeah, just go ahead, give me the two and a half million today. I'll, 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 I'll be, I'll, I'll be okay. It's 1985. I'm Richard Pryor. I'm probably going to go buy some crack with this. Also, y'all did some nasty ass jokes on my ass too. Oh, yeah, y'all didn't think I saw so many of these motherfuckers. Sorry, I didn't mean to take it there. No, Probably cut that part out, because I love Richard Brown. Since you love me so much. Yeah, no, I would take the, I would take the, uh, 
I would take the one million dinner. Two, but I remember watching this now. quite a bit when I was a kid. It may have been a TV version, so it was slightly. John Candy in this? Yes. Okay. He's the catcher. Okay. Yeah, he's his big. He's his best friend. And uh, what are they like? Is their chemistry good? Yeah, their chemistry is really good. Okay. I'll have to bring this over. One yeah, day. you I, might I, enjoy it. I've never seen it. So I might enjoy it at least one time. Go watch it. Go. Yeah, yeah, not for me. I'm sure that's what it'll be. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. It's so funny with you and I and. I grew up with the neutered Richard Pryor stuff, and you more or less did not, correct? <laughs> yeah. The, now, granted, the, the inward like, the inward that you describe Richard Pryor's stuff not the inward you were expecting, <laughs> but not the that's the Richard Pryor that I grew up with. Yeah. Just the inward. Now, did you grow Pryor. up with any of his stand up, or was just yes. a movie? Okay, Both. I didn't know. Because no, I mean, I, mean I, I grew up on Superman three, right. and that's that's neutered, that's Richard, neutered Pryor. Richard Pryor. But I. I came up with it with his stand up. I had to sneak that shit around. Cause. Right, I get that. Because even like his movies that were R compared to his stand up is still Out night there. and day yeah. kind of too. Okay, but so yeah, Brewster's Millions, that's your number four. That's my number four. You've not seen my number four, but by the end of this season, you will have <laughs> Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Okay. Um, there's a couple of scenes that will, that will scare a kid, and they did scare me, but I, I'm still here and I still watch it. And I was recently arguing with uh, Staff Sergeant Kyle about. He, he was, said it didn't hold up. Or he something. yeah. He he said Pee Wee's Big Adventure didn't hold up, and I forget what we were comparing it to. I think it might have been Porky's and Revenge of the Nerds as well. Um, yeah, those but this, hold up. We already talked about that. <clears throat> yeah, the but these uh, Pee Wee holds up in the regards of the the original Pee Wee character. I don't want to tell. I don't want to say too much because I forgot you hadn't seen it. Right. Um, the original character was he was supposed to be a man child. Was it before? Was the movie before or after his show started? Before. Okay. This so, is what started the show. Okay. I didn't that I wasn't a hundred percent sure on. Um his bike gets stolen, right? Yeah. I mean And so he goes on a road trip to find his bike. Yeah. Basically. Okay. Now I saw this after the show came out. I was I was in tune with the show, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Okay. And then I saw And this. then you saw the movie. Yeah. So looking at it <clears throat> from a different lens. If anybody was introduced to Pee Wee's Big Adventure when it first hit the scene in what eighty five, eighty six, mm-hmm. I think eighty six. Um, and that's Tim Burton's one of his first. One of films, his first, yeah. That no one knew of what who in the fuck is Pee Wee before this. Where they did actually, he had um, he, was it a stand-up he was, routine or yeah, something? Yeah, he was okay. a groundling. Okay. Um, and the character he did it came out of. Um, I mean, he wasn't huge. Right, but I mean, how the fuck did he get that movie made? You know, so he had a, he took that he took that character and it was fleshed into a movie, correct. Um, just like you would see Elvira, yeah, because she's actually in this. Okay, it's like taking God. I keep forgetting you haven't fucking seen it. Anybody that okay, anybody listening, I say you let me have him first. That's Elvira, right? Okay. So when you watch the movie later this year for the homework episode, <laughs> the hot that chick at the biker bar is Elvira, uh, Cassandra Peterson. But anyway. Um, yeah, he's just, he's, he's on a quest to find his bicycle and I had a bicycle stolen when I was a kid. So I, you know, I can relate, but thankfully I did not. <laughs> it's not really cartoonish cause it's Tim Burton. So it's got that weird dark tinge. Yes. But some of his stuff is weirdly cartoonish yeah, too, but it's funny. And there's, there's so. also jokes in it that aren't like, there's a scene in it where he tries to prove to a friend on the phone that he's in Texas and the only way he can prove it to her is to stop out, step outside the phone booth and shout to stars at night are big and bright. And everybody stops, looks at him and goes. <laughs> and I, I didn't get it because I didn't know. But didn't know that. I love the joke there that <laughs> it's, it's a fact. Every Texan will stop and sing the tagline to deep in the heart of Texas if you shout it at them. I would sit anybody above the age of six. Uh, in front of that and say, watch this. This is the coolest movie. And that's my number four. What's your number? What's your clip for number three? In the whole week you'll be here. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Just something. So anyway, you're an intelligent man. Thank you. Make a good living? Not bad. Get a good life. Pretty good. Answer me one question. Sure. Why the hell would you want to come up to a plant-infested no-man's land like this and live like a barbarian for a week? You wouldn't understand. Try me. I, I have great memories of this country when I was a kid, you know, and I used to come up here with my dad, and, and I want the boys to have the same memories. Actually, I would look around you, Roman, for God's sakes. This is, this is, this is beautiful country here. Take a good look. 
I'll tell you what I see when I look out there, if you want to know. Hey, yeah, I'm curious. I see the underdeveloped resources of northern Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan. I see a syndicated development consortium exploiting over a billion and a half dollars in forest products. I see a paper mill, and if the strategic metals are there, a mining operation. A green belt between the condos on the lake and a waste management facility, focusing on the newest rage in toxic waste, medical refuse. Infected bandages, body parts, IV tubing, contaminated glassware, entrails, syringes, fluid, blood, low-grade radioactive waste, all safely contained, sunken in the lake, and sealed for centuries. Now, I ask you, what do you see? I, I just see, uh, see trees. Well, no one ever accused you of having the grand vision. Nope. Maybe it's all for the best. While the ambitious scramble for wealth and power, the Chet Ripley's of the world are just able to lay back and casually stroll along life's path. I mean that as a compliment. Oh, thanks. The rest of us are all probably going to die of heart attacks and strokes long before you. <laughs> I hope so. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> <laughs> He's so good in this. I fucking love the great outdoors, uh, dude. We're gonna we're gonna do it one of these days. I've got we've got the double feature. Yeah, it's that's right. It's, summer rental and great yeah, yeah. outdoors. Um, I'm I chose. More, I'm much more familiar with the great outdoors than summer rental. I love them both, both, dude. They're yeah. so fucking good. I uh, I chose Chet and Connie Ripley last season as uh, good parents. Yeah, right. Some good parents. Um, man, you didn't they get are. you and didn't get Ackroyd and John Candy together enough. But he what, was doing almost a Joe Friday right there. I never really thought about it, but you remember how we talked about him yeah. doing like his. His little list. His Joe Friday yeah, thing. He's reading off lists yeah. and stuff. I loved this movie as a kid. Again. I, I, th- I first saw it when I was 12. Um, you typically can't go wrong with John Candy, especially when you include Dan Aykroyd and a script written by John Hughes. Um, there's just some great old-fashioned comedy in this film that doesn't rely too much on – oh, that's – that's a little inappropriate for depending on the age range. You don't really run into much of that in this movie um, or the subject matter is too adult for the kids to enjoy. But there is just something that John Candy could do that no one else was capable of and that was to create, an you know, endearing characters and write them into common yet uncomfortable situations, which usually included family, especially those that you really didn't like. And yeah. Hughes did a really good job with that. And and Candy always did such a great job of he's popping warm. off the screen as one of those great he, characters he had that a warmth. Hughes w- that w- he would do. Yeah. So, yeah. And I just love – I love that about it. And so there's just so many scenes about just the old 96er. That comes up I don't know how often just in our everyday speak or Big Bear. Big Bear chases. Yeah. Big Bear chases me. <laughs> you know, and the subtitles with the raccoons and the and the garbage and it's just uh, again, there's nothing everything there is funny but it's not it's not it doesn't feel forced but it's not uh, my kids shouldn't be watching this movie. There's I, a know. picture evidence somewhere of a friend of the show Travis Stevick and I uh hunting bats in his living room. <laughs> uh more than once. The uh <clears throat> the part of town where they lived uh there was a uh, it's called the Stone Mansion. It was like a block up, and the houses across the street from it are identical. Uh-huh. And they were the servants' houses. And then there at one point was a tunnel that went from the mansion to Travis's basement, and it's been sealed up. But there's just enough tunnel down there still that bats would get into his house periodically. Right. And we were over there hanging out one time, and his dad comes up, Trav, get down here! I was like, what'd you do? And he was like, I don't know. We went down and he was like, get the broomstick. There's a fucking bat in here. So it's Travis's <laughs> dad and me and Travis fucking suited up with tennis rackets and shit. And putting and, shit on your face trying to protect your <laughs> And it's hard as fuck to catch a bat, dude. I, um, I can't imagine. And it's not cool to kill him, but I've definitely helped kill a bat before. What else are you going to do with it at the time? Give it a stern talking to. Yeah. Um, I, you just want to... Out of your house, unfortunately, usually what first becomes before that is sticks and bats to it. Uh, we were hunting this bat, and Trav looks at me, and he goes, dude, remember the great outdoors? And I was like, oh. <laughs> that's a big one. Wow. 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 <laughs> uh, I rented this. The first time I saw this, I rented it from the library in my middle school and uh, been in love with it so since good. 1992. It's so funny. I love it's so good. A lot of these, like John Candy specifically in this and possibly in Summer Rental. Um, it is similar. Very, uh, very much reminds Lisa of her dad and his grand vision of I want this these family oh, okay. memories and kind of either Clark Griswold or here. Mine that, was that always Clark of. Griswold. My dad would like – we would go to do the memories and he would just get an ass full of it by about the first hour in because – 
I was I'm done. fat, hungry, and rowdy in the back of the car. <laughs> fat, hungry, and rowdy is no way to go through life, son. Is that the name of your uh, memoirs? <laughs> <laughs> fat, hungry, and rowdy. The memoirs of a big kid. That'd be me. All right, so The Great Outdoors is your number three. That is my number three. My number three also is a John Hughes movie. John Candy is in it, but very briefly, he is a clarinet player from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Is it Home Alone? It's Home Alone. Okay. The fucking kid. Oh, dude, no, the, you can't go wrong with That's Home kid Alone. porn, dude. Oh, In absolutely. the good way. In, yeah, in the yeah. good way. The kid is in charge. You know what I mean? Like, that's kid fantasy. Yeah, make sure you've been there. In a good way. It's kid. In, in a good way. It's kid fantasy fulfillment. Absolutely. You know, the adults fuck off, like, what, 10 minutes into the movie? Yeah. And they're, they're free, there, but they're interstitial. So he's Kevin and he's running the fucking movie and he's making fools out of the two bad guys, the adults. And oh, it's so good, dude. Who, who didn't want to shoot the BB gun in the house? You know, after yeah. seeing that, like set up the little trap shooter and knock. What was those, what were those action figures called? The basketball players and the baseball players. All stars. Something like all stars. Yeah. They were bigger than normal. Correct. I mean, I th- they, they seem were, like l- they were they were larger than they the weren't they weren't figure. they weren't three and three quarter right, but they were I mean they were proportionate Correct. but they were like action poses like they weren't opposable but he set those up in the laundry chute, ordered the pizza you know they uh, weren't cheap I know that much I never had them I, I never had them either and they were expensive. <laughs> is that why because they weren't cheap yeah <laughs> yeah he gets his own pizza that's kind of funny we jumped from John Hughes to John Hughes too so yeah. John. <sighs> Yeah, it's, I don't want to say he understood how to write to kids, but he but wrote he stuff that kids understood how to write to kids, though. Yeah, or at least stuff that kids could relate to. That too, you know. And Jesus, I don't know how many times I've seen Home Alone. A lot, and that's one of those like it's a Christmas it was movie, the, but it was in the wheelhouse, right in your wheelhouse, wasn't it? <laughs> it was because yeah. oh, yeah. I was ten when it came out. Oh, so yeah. like Kevin was about my age, if not a little younger, right? So yeah. We all know Home Alone. You know, it's. (laughs) I never did the uh, paint can to a face. No, or the micro machines. Not on purpose. (laughs) Like when I was home by myself, the first couple times I was home by myself, I was like, not scared, but nervous. You know, and I I never. John Hughes is to blame for the one of the initial reasons why I tried to fake uh, be sick. Ferris Bueller. (laughs) Correct. I just didn't. How did how did how did that work out for you? Uh, Let's see here. I warmed up the uh, thermometer a little too much with the um, light bulb. uh, Yeah, I did not (laughs) explode, but there was no way that I was like 107. And if there was, Bob, we got to get the ambulance. Nathan's got a temperature of 355. (laughs) He's on. He's about to spontaneously combust. Yeah. (laughs) Is that your dad's name, Bob? It is. Okay, I pulled that out of the air somewhere. Good job. Does your dad know he has two names? Yes. Okay. Three, really, I guess. Um. <laughs> he probably knew it before I did. Ass. <laughs> and he's gonna, I'm going to pass that on to my son. I'm going to give my son two first names. <laughs> I'm going to give him three. I wish, it, I wish they named you Edward. <laughs> Edward Eddie. God, I'm glad they didn't. <laughs> or Fred. I can tell you that. I'm Fred Eddie. Mm. Yeah, no kidding. Jason, can you... I, what? Nothing. What have you done over there? You heard nothing. <laughs> Sorry, right. every other clip so, has a commercial beforehand. I was uh, trying to be, uh, I was trying to, uh, you know. Fucking Home Alone. I was trying to ready it. Fucking Home Alone, that's my number three. Play your uh, clip for number two. Pl- play your clip. Jason, can you hear me? Yeah, Gwen, you got me. Thank God. Are you okay? Yeah. Matter of fact, I've got Grignac staring me in the face right now. But you know what? I think I can take it. Oh. Jason, we're going to use the digital conveyor to get you out of there. The digital conveyor? Yes. Yeah. You're going to have to get diced into cubes and sit up there in a million pieces? Right. Well, you know what? I think I'll take my chance with Gorignac. We're getting you out right now. It's perfectly safe, isn't it, Ted? It has never been successfully tested. What did he say? Hold, please. Theoretically, the mechanism is fully operational. However, it was built to accommodate your hmm, anatomy, not ours. But now that Tech Sergeant Chen is here, he can operate it. It was designed watching his motions from the historical documents. I, I mean, I can't. I, I, I can supervise. Jason, we're going to test it. On what? How about that pig lizard? Hey, I'm doing all right with the pig lizard. Please, Fred, and hurry. I'm sorry. 
It's very exciting to watch the master at the controls. The operation of the conveyor is much more hmm, art than science. Stand back, Jason. But the animal is inside out. I heard that. It turned inside out? And it exploded. Did I just hear that that animal turned inside out and then it exploded? Hello? Hold, please. <laughs> so the, the, the voices you want me to... See if you can pick out who you can pick out. Identify our... Well, I know it's Galaxy Quest, so okay. Tony Shalhoub. Um, fuck, I can't think of his name now. Alan Rickman. Yeah. Well, he, has, he said he, the he least amount of lines He didn't give me a chance to guess. Dude. Sorry. Impatient bastard. Sigourney Weaver, Tim Allen. Yeah. Uh, and the Spock character, Tim Russ. No, the Spock character was Alan Rickman. There's one other no, person that's no, in the, there. No, the the straight laced dude that was the, watching the master at the. Conveyor. Oh, that was just one of the aliens in the movie. That was, he was not a Spock character. He had, he had a name, Nathan. He did. I can't think of what it is. But you still have not seen Galaxy Quest. I have it. Right? I don't want to pay for it on Amazon. <laughs> you don't know what you're missing. I clearly because it's come up before. It might be uh, a homework movie. I don't know yet. And. Uh, this is you'd let a kid watch this, huh? Absolutely, it's PG. Okay. Um, let their parents guide them. Off. Yeah, let them deal with it later. Uh, I think this is one of our kind of go-to for just something familiar and funny. Uh, the premise is basically, if you don't know what the premise is, or if those don't know what the premise of Galaxy Quest is, um, it's like a Star Trek show. Um, it's a science fiction t- a TV show that aired for several seasons in the 80s, but everyone is still just trying to live their lives and attending sci-fi conventions after sci-fi convention after sci-fi convention. And at one such event, the lead actor, Jason Nesmith, played by um, Tim, Tim Allen, Tim Allen uh, is approached by a group of what he believes are fans to have him attend a special event. But what it really is is a group of aliens who have followed the quote-unquote historical documents, <laughs> the TV series, and have created a ship and want the original crew to come help defend him, defend their race against uh, uh, some warlord that's out there. Seven Samurai. Right. And so, yeah, it's just – it's a great play on Star Trek without being too Star Trek. Sure. It's got quite a cult following as well, but it's just – I think it's perfectly written where you have all of these cast of characters and you even have um, – his name is Guy in the in the film and he's kind of like a red shirt and so he doesn't <laughs> know if he – it's like <laughs> – Do they address that? They do. <laughs> That's funny. They address it. Do you know my last name? Do you? Do you? Um, now I have to look up his name for just a second because I cannot think of it. Um Sam Rockwell. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could not think of his name. I love Sam, Sam Rockwell. Rockwell plays one of the uh, red shirts that was – he's going to the conventions as well. And so he gets pulled in with all of the other crew because he wants to be included even though he was not an original cast member. Okay. And so it's quite it's quite hilarious in that in that manner. So, so yeah, I've never seen it. So I, I, I know the premise. Yeah, he's trying to beam them up and the first time they beam up this – this weird pig lizard thing. It beams him up inside out. And then <laughs> that's Early. another thing that we say in the house. And it exploded <laughs> afterwards. Hold, please. Hold, please. My number two is the original, I believe, 1967 Mary Poppins. Is it 67? 65. It's late 60s. Yeah. 66, 67. I watched that movie a thousand times when I was a kid. And it might be a little stodgy and a little slow. Uh, slowly paced for this generation for probably for even me at this point, but yeah, for this generation. But when it gets into those colorful, colorful dance numbers and like when they jump through the chalk drawings and it's fantastical. And Absolutely. Fun, you know, um, I don't know how many times I've seen that as a kid, quite a few. And well. the, the kids are, I don't want to say I relate to the kids. I do. I did a bit, 
but I just I just remember taking that movie like where I related to Kevin in Home Alone. Right. I didn't relate to the uh, the kids, uh, Jan and Michael. Right. I Jan and Michael. Isn't that funny? Thanks. The uh, Office, Jan and Michael. <laughs> I know. Uh, I never made that connection. I just took this movie as more of a whole, like as a as a picture. Assuming that you're you're watching these kids for wow, the you picked a Disney movie. A good Disney movie, though. Well, before they were castrated, I'll bet they. I'll bet they cut shit out of Mary Poppins now. And you, you ever seen that? I don't uh, know. You ever seen that Scary Mary, where somebody recut it as a horror movie? Yeah, it's been a while, it's but fucking, yeah. it's good. There's enough like weirdness in yeah. Mary Poppins that it's like not dark or scary, but it's not all sunshine and rainbows. You know, like she's it's looking not. at her, looking at herself in the mirror. You know, I love that. We've always referred to. Um, Lisa's aunt, Aunt Donna, like whenever we go over, we're, we come over and it's like right in between like lunch and dinner and we always refer to her as a refrigerator as Mary Poppins bag because she'll just open up this refrigerator and start pulling out food that you didn't see there before. I'm like, oh, you guys hungry? You want something? Nah, 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 nah. Like, Aunt Donna, it's your fridge pizza, is like... King Dog, half a chicken. Your, your fridge is always like Mary Poppins bag. You never know what you're going to pull out. Hmm. It holds everything. We've got three different days of leftovers here. You want some... Barbecue, you want some mac and cheese? You know, she's like, good God, there's everything in here. Now I'm hungry again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but Mary Poppins is a good pick. I've never seen Sadie Mr. Banks. I always which, for- it's about the making of Mary Poppins, correct? Uh, it's not bad. It's, um, yeah, because Tom Hanks plays Walt Disney. Okay. Um, and I think Emma Thompson plays the uh, author who wrote Mary Poppins, I oh, believe. Okay. And there was kind of that struggle of trying to adapt it properly. I remember trying to read the book like in first grade. Mm-hmm. And, like I took it at the library, took it out, and like I was like, "There's no, there's not a lot of pictures in here." <laughs> <laughs> Where's your pictures? It's on the front. Cover. But there were a couple pictures it. in the book that depicted scenes in the movie, and they looked weird, right? Because it wasn't Dick Van Dyke or Julie Andrews, you know. And I was an idiot kid, and I didn't understand. <laughs> There's other worlds out there. <laughs> there Mary, is. Mary Poppins. That's my number two. What's your number one? And no, I'm not a licensed teacher, but I have been touched by your kids. And I'm pretty sure I've touched them. What? Oh my God. My favorite scene in School of Rock is the... Um, when he's, it's a montage, right? <clears throat> but he's showing him like a slideshow of different musicians, and he's got like a pointer, like he's teaching like actual shit. And it's that really famous picture that Charles Peterson took of Kurt Cobain, right? When he's playing his guitar and he's like literally standing on his head um, on stage. I, I fucking love that picture. School of Rock's pretty good. Yeah, I like. Uh, and when he teaches the kids to do, uh, give me the, uh, give me a G, mm-hmm. yeah. with the fifth. No, lose that fifth. Cool, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, take your cello, turn it sideways. Cello, you got a bass. That's that's a fun movie. <laughs> it I, is a I fun like movie. movie. It involves kids, but it's not specifically a a movie that is childish. Just childish. It's childish, but it's, it's not. Well, what's really funny here is it's it's the only PG thirteen movie that I actually chose for this list. I was trying to actually find ones that I grew up that watching that were rated PG just as as sure. a um, just as a exercise, you know. And to be completely honest, I think they rated this movie PG-13 uh, so more people would go see it because at that time, PG is starting to have a bit of a stigma of no one's going to want to watch it if it's PG. G, it's for k- kids, you know, and anything else has got to be PG. we got to get the audience in there. And I wouldn't be surprised if that specific line of, uh, and I'm pretty sure I've touched them too, may have been a pushover to put it into <laughs> PG-13. I love the line, like, I have a hangover. Does anybody know what that means? It means you're drunk. No. no. It means I was drunk, drunk yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> but it's just fun watching that Jack Black has re- recently broken up with his band, has no income, and his roommate is a substitute teacher who allows him to just crash at his place pretty much. And one day, Jack Black takes a call, decides to act as his roommate, and goes to this private school and acts as Mr. Schneebly. And who was his roommate? Uh, Mike White. Yeah. <laughs> oh, didn't Sarah Silverman play such a bitch in this movie? 
I could see her. She's, do- yeah, I was, it wasn't a stretch for her. I don't know. I'm not saying no, she's no, a bitch. I'm, I'm, just she, I'm saying she, she could plays play it so well as she Mike could, White's girlfriend. She could play a bitch, really. Oh yeah, but I think it's Richard Linklater's kind of at his best, almost at his best. Is that comedic. a Linklater? Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. Um, huh. And he he's able to dial Jack Black down to where it works. I'll bet that without, was a fucking forty hour a week job it, just it, keeping that big bastard I, subdued. I, I would imagine. Um, because no, I'm not a big fan of Jack Black. No, I I can tell, but. You've enjoyed. You at least enjoyed this movie enough. To I did. I enjoy him in small, small bits. Small bits. But not a huge Jack Black fan. No, he's I, very over the top. Like Chris Farley's around still. Jack Black ain't who he is. Probably true. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, Someone kind of takes the mantle. Does it work or yeah. does it not? Yeah. It's just a. I'm sure he's a fine dude. Yeah. Uh, you know. I just. I, he's just very. I do love a, the movie Saving Silverman. I love him on in that. Fast Forward, like. And and he's always on high speed, like yeah. JD Nugent, yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a couple Jack Black movies that I like. This is the School of Rock is, is one, one of them. Yeah. yeah, I just I think it's fun that he was able to pull a really decent performance out of Black in yeah. that movie, and the character is fun to watch that he learns how to collaborate properly with a band. Sure, uh, and also it's a bunch of kids that. Who also happen to be half of them are musical prodigies. All the kids that were and all the, the kids that they, yeah, all the kids seem to be that way. But apparently, that's who they cast as everybody who's in that movie can actually play. That's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's. But yeah, I was going with the fact that it was coincidental that they happen to be all prodigies in this class. But the fact that they're actually literally all prodigies is also is pretty cool at the same time. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's probably why they chose them. That's probably why. Jack Black has nothing to do with my number one, <laughs> uh, which is Star Wars. What can you say? By the time anybody's bringing their kid mostly to stay at your Uncle Nathan's or Uncle Travis's house for the weekend, they've probably shown the kids some form of Star Wars. So it can just be like, these fucking kids will not calm down. Hey, y'all want to watch Star Wars? And it'd be like, ah, Star Wars! Yeah! And then, boom, fucking... Three hours to yourself. It was interesting going about oh God. It'll be four years this um, this fall. We went out to Arizona and um, we saw Lisa's uh, brother and his family, and he has a, a son, Noah. So he was probably five, six. At I thought the time. you were going to say eight or nine kids. No, three. Uh, and we watched. Star Wars for the first time, or he had watched Star Wars with us for the first time. Oh wow! And it was funny because he was stu- he was he was not interested in wanting to watch it at first, and he felt that it started real slow. I'm like, well, that's condition of what he's what he has been allowed to watch sure. coming up to that. But by the time it got to the last act, where it's down into the crawl in the X wing fighter, and he was all. In sure, and he's like, "Come on, Luke! Come on, Luke!" And, <laughs> and you could have probably seen just a proud dad look on uh, Jeremy's face, like, "Fuck I, yeah, I, 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 yeah!" I hit the right, cool. I hit the right time. It's almost like it. being a because I, he really didn't want to watch it when he first started it. I could tell. That's got to be almost like being a baseball dad, and then your kid like taking to baseball, like, "Okay, okay, yeah. I got, okay, we got that one. We're good. We're good. We got him." I so. I don't have that memory of it. Like I came to Star Wars, like I was, I didn't watch it with any people. I was just like, here, watch this. There you go. And I watched it. So to me, it's a. Now I'll watch it with people. I don't. I don't have that sense of watching it with someone else. So that's interesting because my my take on it was like it was a. I'm not gonna. <laughs> Star Wars is a personal journey. You know, <laughs> I'm not gonna say chapter that. Chapter one. Chapter one. It is a time of great upheaval in the Republic. <laughs> but I think, like, if you needed to, hey, y'all want to watch something really cool? Cool. Okay, we'll put this on, and that's kind of the thing for me. Yeah, your story's it's, it's, way your story's way better. <laughs> but it was just fun watching someone at the five six age range to watch it for the first time. Brock's kid is like that. They they've shown him enough Star Wars, um, Lennon. Right. So like when I go see them, it's Uncle Yost. You want to watch the Mandalorian? Yeah, buddy. Let's watch the Mandalorian. <laughs> um. So he. In that regard, it's like he knows that like he they know that world. That world exists in his yeah. life, pretty much from yeah. conception, kind of thing. Yeah, that's cool, though. <laughs> it's ingrained in Chelsea. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Their gang is our pick six lists 
their gang are our pick six lists of movies that you could call kid friendly that we call kid friendly anyway. Yeah, whether you, whether you do or not, that's up to you. That's up as to you, a parent, Mormons. or an aunt or uncle. Um, do you remember what our next one is? If not, I have it pulled up. I'm looking at it right now. Well, we renamed this one. We did. So real quick, <laughs> if you haven't, um, please please tell a friend, tell tell an enemy, tell a tell a person, teleport. <laughs> uh, tell 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 someone about us. Uh, like us, rate us, review us wherever you listen. That would be great. Would love to get in front of more people. Follow us: Instagram, Facebook. I am at Darth Holden. Uh, Nathan, you are at your, your movie, movie dude. dude. And at Six Pack Double Feature, I think is our Instagram. Six Pack Double Feature Podcast. It's one of those. Uh, you can it. also follow my weird ass art thing, Big Kid Eclectics. If you like any of that, it's not related to the show at all, but it's uh, other than it's me. Buy some of my stuff. It's fun. So, yes, as we started doing this year, we're we're keeping track of what we're doing next. And originally, next week's episode was going to be called Failed Recommendations. And I don't know what your problem was that you ran into. I was it. trying to link it with personal recommendations, and I had a difficulty. So we're calling it Letdowns. And so movies that you were looking for. Well, I'm looking seeing, at I'm looking at two right now. <laughs> we were looking at four. Uh, oh yeah, there's one of yours. There's one of your. I borrow oh, that how, from you. How surprised! What a surprise! Yeah. So they're called letdowns, and uh, that'll be that'll be next week. That'll be next week. And I'm sure some of you. I know some of you are going to be mad as fuck at two of mine for sure. <laughs> four still up in the air. Two. Uh, I know some. I know some. I know some. So in the meantime, gang. Have yourself a great week. We will see you next week with failed recommendations. And if I can recommend anything to you, it would be to stay off the moors. Pick Six is a Clopec Media production. Like and follow them at Six Pack Double Feature Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or buy a t-shirt and sticker at sixpackdoublefeaturepodcast.com. And wherever you pick six, pick six responsibly. Nobody knocks off an old man in my neighborhood and gets away with it. <laughs>